and welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, of Neo News Today. In episode 33 of the NNT pod, I had a chance to sit down and speak with Ryan Lloyd, the founder of Translate Me, a Neo-based instant translation service. In this episode, we got to touch on Ryan's background as a South African and an entrepreneur, as well as his entry into the blockchain space through buying ant shares and mining Ethereum. We touched upon the origins of Translate Me, which got its start by translating restaurant menus for hotels in Mauritius, and the subsequent market Ryan saw open up afterward. It was also great to learn how users of the platform improve the algorithm each time they use Translate Me. And we also touched upon Translate Me's experience in surviving the 2018 and 19 crypto winter, as well as the recent downturns associated with the COVID-19 global pandemic. We concluded our chat with Ryan's favorable outlook on the Neo blockchain, community, and ecosystem. I do want to point out that there were some very minor technical issues with lag and delay a couple times throughout our conversation, so please excuse any of those blips you might notice. Other than that, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ryan as much as I enjoyed having it. Hey guys, what's going on? Dylan with the Neo News Today podcast. Today we are speaking with Ryan Lloyd of Translate Me. How are you doing today, Ryan? Very, very good. Thanks, Dylan. Um, I'm personally really excited to have you on the pod. Uh, We were talking earlier uh, that you've been around in the ecosystem for a while. But before we jump into this, um, I just want to ask, who are you and what's your background? Okay. Um, Well, uh, my background is I'm South African. Let's start there. Uh, Born here. And um, I think what's relative is that um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I started my own business at at 2023. Um, That company was a development company for uh, software, mostly web-based and uh, now applications. Um, That's still ongoing. It's 13 years in. And I have a a rich history uh, in management of projects that are related to um, development of applications and and uh, uh, web-based jobs in our country in South Africa. Um, uh, After the 13 sort of years of of being involved in that, I've always been trying to look at, uh, you know, different aspects of how to make money and and other things that interest me. Um, So I actually am involved in a company called Hearing Aid Labs. Uh, I'm the MD for, for for the company. We provide a a hearing service of uh, fitting and, and prescribing hearing aids to elderly uh, patients in the country. And that's a very successful business here in, in South Africa and is also a big part of, of what I've been doing for the last five years. And then, of course, we've got uh, Translate Me, uh, which you guys all know about. And I have a few other businesses that are, I would say, interests, um, but they are, uh, you know, small money makers on the side. <laughs> so I'm definitely a, an entrepreneur at, at heart because I've, I've got more than one thing always going. And um, But the most important part is I enjoy it. Um, I'm certainly not um, looking back on, on, on any of that. Uh, 
I, I live in South Africa, but uh, I, I am actually based in Mauritius. So I'm a citizen from uh, South Africa, but the business is uh, based in Mauritius. And my family and myself, we live in Mauritius. Uh, that's only been for the last couple of years, um, but loving it. And the island's actually poised for a lot of benefits um, in the future, not just for Translate Me, but uh, a couple of our other interests uh, there. Awesome. Um, as far as block. As far as blockchain goes, sorry, I'm ranting. That's okay. <laughs> uh, on that side, I've got. Uh, I, th- I think things actually started in 2017 for me officially, which is not as uh, early as I would have hoped. I wish I got in earlier. Um, interesting enough, one of the first tokens was and shares for me that I actually bought, um, and and that's probably why. Uh, I've stuck with Neo um, because I'm so close to that personally. And uh, in 2017, just uh, towards the end, we um, got involved in a lot of mining. Um, so we actually built the first. We're actually the first company to build an Ethereum mining rig in South Africa. We're one of the first to to actually provide that as a service. That was an amazing um, trip because we we did really well there. And as a result of, of being involved in, in mining and in the communities here in South Africa that were just sort of getting into Bitcoin, um, I got involved with uh, a couple of uh, launches, uh, more on the, the development side um, uh, but and marketing for the company that I represented in South Africa, but uh, definitely on, on the front end uh, lead. And one of the uh, bigger projects that, that I was involved in with uh, was uh, BlockMesh. It was a South African ICO that was launched in 2018. And I was the project manager um, for the, the launch and subsequently for uh, the project thereafter. Product development also. Um, and that really brought a lot of experience um, to the table, uh, which I've you know, brought into uh, Translate Me. And I think that that's where um, I learned a lot. And while we've done things differently um, because of that and the industry, but being so close to it when they did the RCO. Cool. So it sounds like you have a background in sort of communication and linguistics. So um, with your with your hearing company. So how long has Translate Me itself been around? Um, it's, it, it actually started as a service that we recognized could be really, really uh, big in Mauritius. Um, Mauritius is a very tourism-based country, so it has a lot of tourists coming from all over the world. And what the hotels are battling with is, is um, the translation of, of certain aspects of the, of the documents, namely the menus. Um, so when a customer would sit down and order, they would battle to order from the menu. So we we launched a, uh, a platform where the hotels could um, scan the menu with using t- uh, QR code and instantly translate that information. And yeah, it took off and it was um, really great. The islands, a lot of the hotels are using our service uh, now and we're expanding to, to other areas. But that's where Translate Me started. And from that, um, I was in the middle of, of uh, Block Mesh and we were looking at how we could take the service further and and uh, it wasn't just menus it could be documents it could be chat it could there was so much more you could do with translation because we just started fiddling with it for this specific service one of the bottlenecks um, for us is that we started realizing there were some problems with with how uh, you know this translation works and how much it costs and who's actually providing the service 
Um, so it, it it really started in Mauritius because of the menu platform, um, but it it grew out of the problems that we had just with that little business, and 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 us starting to realize. But hang on, there's there's really a gap here, and and that's that's what that's what I saw. I saw a massive gap. Um, and like I said, I'm involved in a few other businesses, but nothing drives me more than the potential of of TransAveMe. Uh, I could never probably work on anything bigger than TransAveMe. Um, I just think it, it's 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 got such massive potential. So, yeah, that's that's where it started, and that's why it started because we recognized that uh, just with that little business that we created in Mauritius. That's that's really interesting because I think a lot of the Neo community will know translate me from um, the MVP that you've built for for Telegram, but it sounds like that the menu translation service was kind of your first. Uh, I guess you could say dipping your toes in the water. Absolutely. Putting everything aside, all we set out to do was translate menus for hotels. It was a little niche business that could do well in Mauritius. But um, when we started thinking about restaurants as, let's say, a second tier, because it's just uh, that would that market's much bigger than than the hotels in terms of clientele, um, we realized that the cost, or rather the platform and its cost for translation, was too much for smaller but actually a bigger market. And, you know, we even looked at cheaper options and, and that's where we really started looking at it. And right in the beginning, our first sort of look into into this this problem is, is it possible to, for us to even create something that could automatically translate? And within the first three months of, of trying to look at that, um, we did a, a basic um, proof of concept and we were able to um, quite quickly, to my surprise, because it really was a test, create an algorithm that, that could give you a variance of, of a translation. And I just really said, well, how hard can this be? And how can we make it better? And, and why, why are there so many problems with, with this? Why has no one really fixed these, these issues? Um, and that's where I just started seeing the gaps. And I mean, the market cap and the potential, the worldwide application of this, it's just, it's just too many things to, to really say, right, let's, let's, uh, let's really nail it down. There, there are so many opportunities now making souls available because of the limitation uh, of the service. And really, there was only Google at the time when we started, mm-hmm. Google and Microsoft. And now there's a few more that have joined the, the run. But there was only these two companies. And that was the first thing that shocked me, is that there were only two companies actually offering the service. And I, I put it down to, oh, well, it's probably impossible to match what they're doing. But after three months of using my own resources and my company based in, in South Africa, because we had a couple of developers we could put straight onto it, we found that it's not it's not rocket science. Sure, it's not it's not simple stuff, but it's certainly not out of reach uh, of a team of developers that want to make it happen. And that's what we've been striving for is really improving uh, that concept and saying we can do this. Yeah, something that's unique about Translate Me is you've developed your own corpus. So I'm interested to hear about how the algorithm and the corpus that you've developed really play into one another. And maybe you can also talk about the Translate Me community that has helped uh, contribute to the corpus as well. Yeah, I, I think it's very important to understand that, um, first of all, we, we are creating something that already exists. Google's got a platform, Microsoft got a platform, Amazon, DeepL, Zandex, Badu, they, they're all essentially 
recognizing the value and have been working on this for years. Um, but w- one of the things that, that our algorithm does is it takes into account corrections. It, it, it actually... It actually it has an analysis uh, procedure that the other algorithms don't have, which is that we can input data that is specifically to related to the areas that it's failing, and this comes from um, our, our human contributors that are giving corrections back to us, and those corrections in the form of a couple of centers per per user, each one adjust the algorithm slightly to improve it for its next opportunity to translate uh, a sequence of words similar to that sentence that was submitted. And that's really the major, major difference. Um, outside of that, we're using very traditional methods, um, latest uh, as, as far as possible, testing different algorithms. There's also other layers in terms of um, uh, fine-tuning your, your results. I mean, there's also grammar to consider. So it's it's not a simple task. It's multi-layered, but our, our biggest differentiator is the fact that users can submit this data to us, but specifically to what we're looking for, and we we invert that as a positive, and then output something that's even better on the next run. Cool. So is is this where kind of uh, you integrate blockchain into the Translate Me platform to reward users for contributing to your corpus and what are there other considerations and ways that you implement blockchain into the Translate Me processes? Okay, so a lot of people ask, well, why why even use blockchain? Um, so at at the sort of raw level, basic level, we need a value system that can incentivize the user for this data. If we don't have that, the the we're just not going to collect that data. That data's result will create um, a higher quality output and that higher quality output is um, a revenue producing uh, product. The cycle is more of that data creates a better quality product which from a revenue point of view is obviously where we're going and that cycle needs some sort of value system. A value system that says if I'm going to get a thousand people contribute let's say a hundred thousand sentences for example that value has to be translated into uh, something that works, which is the quality of the, of the actual algorithm, and then output in 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 a way that a consumer, which I wouldn't refer to them as a consumer, maybe a a platform or a company or um, a, you know a, 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 any entity that would want to use the um, translation tool would need to buy that, you know, buy that uh, service. But instead of um, circumventing the um, the flow, we, we're going to use TMN uh, as a cycle, which is uh, contributors up the quality and consumers consume the service but pay with the same TMN that was used, and that goes back into your exchanges for the contributors to convert to a value that they feel is BTC or fiat or whatever they want to convert it to. So it it is strictly a utility, um, and there's a lot of reasons we want to keep it that way. But it certainly is needed uh, because it's connected to the alt, It's connected to the value. So the more the star that we are able to collect, the higher that value um, uh, accumulates. And essentially, we have not got there yet. 
which is that I cannot say to you, Dylan, here, I use my French model. Um, it's okay, but it's not at a commercial level, and that's what we're striving for. But when it does, the cycle will begin. As soon as a company starts using our French model, the TMN that has been uh, issued has a value mm. because it's it's needed to consume and render the service. So at a core level, it's, it's strictly a utility token. There's a lot of other layers that we're going to be using I would say uh, not necessarily uh, NEO, but definitely blockchain solutions that would help us um, apply uh, those requirements. But at its very core, it's a utility to move the the value of the contributors uh, through to the consumers and then back to the, the contributors. So Translate Me did not conduct a public token sale, which is something that I've always uh, respected and appreciated about the project. And it sounds like the revenue model is yeah. going to be the companies that in turn use the translation services. Now, given the fact that you did not conduct a public token sale, and we know that the revenue model is built on driving growth from larger companies, um, it sounds like that we're, we're not quite there yet where that, that revenue is being driven. So I really want to hear about your experiences of not only surviving the crypto winter, the bear market, but then also surviving the most recent sort of like global event, you know, the world just felt with the downturn uh, related to COVID-19. So first of all, the, the reason we've got through that is because um, the project's self-funded. And then secondly, the team that you see on our website are mostly contributors that believe in the project and um, don't draw heavily on our costs monthly. So we are very shrewd with how we spend and watching everything because we just don't have that revenue. And, and really the race is to to get there, but um, and we're pushing hard on that. But there is a there is a, there is an issue with funding. Um, we didn't want to do an RCO for the obvious reasons that it's so associated with scam uh, coins. And the the only reason we said, let's not do an RCO straight away. Let's at least just prove concept. And personally, I can't take, I wouldn't be able to take someone's money if I knew 100% sure that we were going to be able to return that money. Uh, I just uh, consciously couldn't do that. And that's what an RCO is. An RCO is okay, we're going to build this, but you have to bet on me, but I'm not even sure if I can do it. So, you know, you, you just take a chance. And, yeah, you know, we just wouldn't want to get into that. Um, and, we, and truthfully, we, we didn't need to. I, argue, I, would, I would say, though, if I had to go back, if someone, um, well, knowing what I know now, I would have loved to have the, some of the funding that a lot of these projects had because it certainly would have fast-tracked us. But I'll tell you one thing is when we do get to the point where we are able to raise funds because there's a working product, um, we'll be a lot stronger for it and we'll be a lot wiser in terms of our decisions. Um, and I think that, that you can't put a value on that. So so we're happy with that decision. Um, and I'm glad that it's also given you a sort of a positive outlook on, on the project. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so cognizant of your time, I also want to talk a little bit about NEO. So you mentioned earlier that you were an AntShares token buyer. Uh, so you've been, yeah. in the, you've been in the NEO ecosystem for quite some time. Why did you choose yes. to build TMN on NEO as opposed to Ethereum or any other blockchain? 
I, so personally, it, it's because I've followed Neo, and with all these um, options that are out there, one of the biggest questions that that you have to really answer is, is are they doing this because they had to stay and become one of the platforms of choice in the future, or are they a platform that you you're going to develop or or tie yourself with, and then later find out it's just projects that um, first of all always strived for um, compliance as a sort of guidance um, and regulatory sort of a direction. So they, they they weren't sort of, they weren't going, oh, well, we're just going to go the black sheep way, you know, and completely, you know, detach from, from what's reality, which is you've got to look at compliance, you've got to look at regulation. Um, so that was, that w- that struck a chord. Um, I also feel like uh, Neo in the beginning, um, in the early days especially, it attracted less scams because of the entry uh, contract costs, um, especially in the hub. You, you couldn't just create a coin and start this project. You There was a barrier, and the barrier definitely kicked a lot of rubbish to the side. Um, and that was another reason we said, you know what, that's that's just an, a, a good choice because it's, it's the association that you want to be clear on when you do rise to the top. You don't want to be associated with 99% of the scam coins that were on the platform. You want to be there with with other projects that are also doing well. And I just felt that Neo's, Neo did well to protect itself as much as it can against that. And, and they've still um, done well to do so. So that was another factor. Um, technically, uh, you know, there's there are, there are a few obvious choices. But I think the big one for us is... Um, their transaction fees, and still today, there's no transaction fees on on the on the uh, chain, which has helped us a lot. Um, you know, with our f- limited funding, if we had the transaction fees we had, let's say with Ethereum, we would it it just would be harder to issue tokens like we have and wanted to in the future. And it, it was just a bonus not to be able to pay that. We 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 thought by now there would be some sort of fees, but it certainly was a a bonus at the time. Um, and uh, I, one of the, I think overall, over all of that, the community at, at sort of Neo's level, even though smaller than Ethereum, is more real to me. I feel like there's more of a, a reality in the people that follow uh, Neo than there is on these other change, uh, chains that exist. And and I felt that personally, you know, before I, I even got into this with with you guys, um, sorry, with the members of of Zion and and you guys with with Neo News and wherever I went, people weren't blindly just following Neo; they passionately supported Neo, and and that 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 actually has been such a blessing for us, um, you guys and other other parts of, of the Neo ecosystem, it's always been so open and welcoming. And that's just been a, a real bonus. And I saw that in the early days and it's still here today um, w- with the platform. That's that's awesome to hear. Um, so I, I have like a million more questions I wanted to ask you, but um, in wrapping up, uh, I'm, I'm wondering what can uh, ecosystem users look forward to with translate me next what's what what are your next steps um so right now we're working on validation of of the sentences that we're collecting through our telegram uh, mvp 
and we're looking at opening up the option to not just be able to submit through our app, but also on other platforms. So the nearest um, waypoint for that is we're building a bot um, that will work on any of uh, Telegram's clients, which opens up huge. It opens us up to the, the access of submitting corrections. Why, you know, to about four, I think it's 400 million users at the moment on Telegram. So that's a big step for us. Um, the French English model is this is the second biggest proof that we are not just messing around. And and that is in its third version. Um, we have 40 million sentences that are a combination of users that have submitted through our platform and uh, a resourced data that we're busy uh, training at the moment. And we look to uh, have that available on that API that we have live right now. As a, as a I would say, um, a good proof of concept to show that there is quality in the work that we're doing. Um, and once we, we get that right, we're going to scale that into other languages of which we've already started. I must say that things are moving slower than, than what I would have hoped. Um, with the resources that we have, the the team are doing their best to contribute. And we did get hit a bit by the COVID-19 where, you know, obviously new stresses reduce our, our capacity, um, not just myself, but in our team. Um, but we are certainly here to stay. And the only thing that will knock us off uh, our trajectory is um, an absolute failure uh, in, in, in terms of losing ground, uh, which, I, which I, uh, is against the, the big guys like uh, Google and, and Microsoft, and losing ground in such a way that, that I feel personally will never catch up. And until they implement something similar, um, I think we've still got the edge. And uh, once we release that French algorithm, there is potential for revenue on that single uh, language, especially in uh, Mauritius, Reunion, and France. Um, and we're going to tack that in as soon as possible. Our goal is to give TMN a use case as soon as possible. Um, and that's that's really our, our biggest focus. But those two things are I'm really excited about because um, the validation is, is, is has been a challenge for us, and we're solving that, which is we're using a voting system to validate suggestions, and uh, those suggestions go into a uh, almost like a round that is voted on, and, and the highest votes gives us the suggestion that we should use, as opposed to ten other suggestions that weren't quite the right answer. And that's 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 going to make a a big difference to the data that we're currently collecting. We're learning every day, and, and we're pushing hard. That's for sure. Ryan, uh, I could keep talking to you for another hour, uh, but unfortunately we're, <laughs> we're limited in time. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure to, um, not only talk about TransLimi with you, but to finally catch up with you, uh, an, a member of the ecosystem who's been here for, for so long. And I can't believe that it took us this long to finally connect. Absolutely. And I really appreciate it. Like I said before, um, I'm sure maybe when we hit some of our next major milestones, we can do a catch up thereafter. You know, I can show you something that we can maybe share on, on screen. Um, but yeah, again, shout out to, to you and your team and, and everyone that is supporting really a, a speculative project right now. Um, but this type of thing that we're doing is what we, we should be doing more of. So whenever you want to chat, you just let me know. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Looking forward to having you on the next episode. Excellent. Thanks for the time. Cheers. Cheers. 
Well, what did you think of that conversation? I personally had been wanting to chat with Ryan about Translate Me for quite some time. The project is an OG in the NEO ecosystem and has continued to push forward through the bear market and pandemic despite not raising funds from a public token sale. It was also great just to chat with someone who has been in the ecosystem since the days of Anshares. We at NEO News Today will certainly be keeping our ears to the ground for future Translate Me updates. To keep up to date with the latest in the NEO ecosystem, visit www.neonewstoday.com. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Apple iTunes, and or Spotify. And leave a five-star review if you feel that others should hear our content. Every subscription and review helps others learn more about the NNT pod and the NEO ecosystem. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the NEO News Today podcast, and we look forward to catching you next time. Next time.